Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're breaking out the mailbag again. It's not a Monday mailbag episode, but it is a mailbag episode nonetheless, taking a full hour's worth of questions from you, the wonderful listeners, the addicts of the podcast. We've got everything. We've got all kinds of questions from football to non-football. We heard you guys talk about more football questions, so we're answering more football questions. A lot of creative ways to talk about some of the best players, some of our favorite players, the best sporting moments, fictional sports movies that we wish we could have seen in person. I mean, the possibilities were endless for this mailbag, and you guys absolutely brought it. Let's get into it. I'm Trevor. That's Connor. This is the NFL Stock Exchange. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sykema. That's Connor Rogers. This is a Thursday, true Thursday edition of a mailbag episode of the podcast. Hearing from the faithful listeners, the addicts of the pod. You guys sent in all your questions via iTunes, Twitter, Instagram message, everything. They were gathered from all across the internet. And we're going to bring it all together, answering as many as we possibly can here in one jam-packed show. Connor, I haven't had the chance to really sit down and talk with you since the holiday weekend. How was it, my friend? Oh, 4th of July. Great weekend. I know you hate the 4th of July. We've gone over this before. The 4th of July. You despise oh, the 4th of July. Geez. All, All right. right. It was great down the Jersey Shore, I think, and nobody will be surprised to hear that from me. A little kayaking, a little beach action. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, a couple beers here and there. You know how it is. How was yours? One or two. Yeah, one or two beers. So actually, this weekend, it was great. Uh, I mean, first of all, it was great because I don't hate the 4th of July, just so everybody realizes this. Uh, it was a previous, I don't know if that was the mailbag episode or what, last time we actually Yeah, most overrated that. holiday. It was the yeah, last Yeah, I did. Uh, see, you know, I had this coming. But uh, so I was with my fiance. See, I got it. I got it that time. Everybody you know slow. You said it though. Like you really braced yourself. I for said it. fiance, uh, my fiance's family. And I met a lot of her for the, uh, a lot of them for the first time. Okay. The, the story that I have to tell on this podcast, that I couldn't wait to tell is they have this family cornhole championship, which sounds awesome. Every single family member, like young and old, gets to participate in this single elimination cornhole tournament in which they have a full-ass trophy made that you get to take home that is in a, like, it's in, like, a Home Depot Lowe's case that, like, the Stanley Cup comes in. Like, it's, it's this is wild. But the thing is, it's not a regular game of cornhole. I guess, I guess like, their great-granddad built this cornhole board where, it's a little bit smaller than a normal cornhole board, but it's not two boards. It's just one of them. And there's a small hole at the top with 40 points, two holes on the sides with 10 and 15 points. So this is like skee ball for and it, Right, correct. Right, right, right. And then a hole at the bottom with 25 points. And you each shoot from the same side and oh. you get uh, four bags. I think it's four bags each. So that's still the same. But you just play first to 100, and then the first person to reach 100 wins. That's it. So, like, games you have could to be— hit it, You have to hit it even? No, 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 no. You don't even have to hit it even. It's just the first okay. to get 100, and then if both of you go over 100, then it's, up, like, how in the single turn, then it's whoever yeah, yeah, has yeah. the most points of that. But, like, 
I lost in the first round. I'm butthurt about it because wait the first round. Dude, yes, and I didn't play like a six year old cousin. Or no, something. I I played someone who I played the person who actually made the championship, so I wasn't too butthurt about it. But he didn't win. But I was mad, man. I was mad because I'm sitting here practicing regular cornhole all week. And then we play this <laughs> game where he happens to hit like 240 baggers right away. And I'm like, what am I going to do to this? It's single Dude, this elimination. Your, this was your family debut. I. This was your, this was your, fa- I, I get it. I feel it your pain. Man. I felt bad. I let, the, I oh, let the man. sick of my name down. I came into the Lang yeah. family and I just, <sighs> I, I did, got bounced in the first round. Outdoor, you know, yard games at family outings when you're new are low key, like bottom five thing because, or they're a top five thing if you right. star in them. It's it. You're correct. Correct. You like know. there is really no in between. Like you can't blend in because everybody knows you're the new guy, right? And everybody right. at the yard does this every other month over summer. I remember. When I uh, went over to my girlfriend's family's house for like the same situation as you, I was meeting the extended family for the first time, like her older, well, not extended, extended, like older brothers and stuff. And they play Polish horseshoes. I had never played Polish, Polish is it, horseshoes. Is it different before. than like regular horseshoes? Yeah. So for people that don't know, it's where you have like two, let's say like ski poles, kind of like stakes and a bottle on top. And you got to whip a Frisbee as hard as you can to try to knock the bottle off. And you can, I want to make sure I'm remembering this right. I think you have to, you try to catch the Frisbee, but if they knock the bottle off, you have to catch the bottle. And like, dude, and I'm telling what? you, like, I'm telling you, like somebody there, like on the deck got like hit in the face with the Frisbee. This game gets like <laughs> intense. Like you are whipping a Frisbee as hard as you can and catching things one handed. And I don't know these people at the time. Right, so, so, so you don't want to go. You don't want to go balls to the wall with it. No, but you have to, dude. You everyone else that's is. That's true. Everyone true. else is. Or and else you can get hurt. Right, and you can't call it. Yeah, you can't be soft. You know, like you can't be like no, going no, in there just no. like barely throwing the frisbee. No, no, you need to set the tone. You're the new guy, man. Like, so I, I feel your pain. Um, I feel your pain, especially the curveball of like, what the hell is this game? Right. Yeah. No, it was tough. Uh, it was. You'll bounce was, back. Just start training for next year. Yeah, I do. I, I now that I know what's going on, I think that uh, Alyssa and I are gonna build a bowl. Like, I'm gonna build a bowl. I think you have this. to. I don't and think I'm, you can go buy gonna, one. Yeah, I'm gonna train all year. That trophy's coming home next year, so we're we're avoiding a little bit of uh, embarrassment by hopefully winning it all next year. But uh, yeah, no, Fourth of July was a good time. Uh, glad that you had a great time too. Hopefully, everybody out there stayed safe and had a great time as well. Let's get right into these questions. You want to you hit it? You got anything yeah, else to let's, say? Let's fire hit? away. We got a lot of good ones. Oh, and, um, wait, 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 wait. Before we oh. get to the questions, I do have to read. I have to do I do have to keep the lights on. I do have to keep the lights on here <sighs> yeah, by, by reading everybody's favorite ad read. I almost forgot about it. I almost deprived you guys of it, and I could never do that. Gentlemen out there, listen, and all men strive for gold in their life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. Heck, I would have... I was striving for that gold trophy, but, uh, you know, your boy got bounced in the first round like the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hate to see it. However, there's a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. He walks in the confidence of an eagle, and he giggles in the face of danger. He is a big, hairless, winning machine, and when he unzips his pants, he sees, wait a second, platinum? That is right. Manscaped would like to introduce to you their best, biggest, ultimate hygiene bundle yet, the Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped 
is the leader in below the waist grooming. Now trust them with the whole shebang. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using the promo code PFF. Manscaped's brand new Platinum Package 4.0 is the biggest bundle that they've ever offered, giving you a bulk discount on Manscaped's top products. 20% off and free shipping if you use the promo code PFF at manscaped.com. Time for you to enjoy the fire things in life and get yourself a Platinum Package for your Platinum package okay now we can get into it as we away. last week the itunes review questions get the fast pass to the front of the line so we'll get to those first first one pick one nfl team to go from worst to first this year and one consensus top 10 team that will miss the playoffs so i broke this up I went a little overachiever with it. I went NFC and AFC for both. So I've got two answers for both. I don't know if I don't know if you had that, but I kind of wanted to extend it. Because there were a couple of teams that I was thinking. I do, actually. All right, wonderful. Because there were a couple of there were a handful of teams that I was thinking about. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna break it up into conferences. So let's start with who you think in each conference, NFC and AFC, can go from worst to first. So AFC, so here's my thought process with this exercise, Trevor, and I think it's, you know, we have the blueprint when you look at the Bengals, like, how can a team do that? Mm-hmm. And the most concrete theory I have is a breakout at the quarterback position that is Actually. just unparalleled. So I went with that theory for the AFC, went with Jacksonville. Nice, now, nice. Um, with Jacksonville, they also are in the easiest division in the AFC, right? Worst the first. That where, you know, if you made this argument for the Jets with Zach Wilson, Bills might have the best roster in the NFL, right? Obviously, when you look at the Broncos, did finish in last, but they were seven and ten, right? So right. And, the Broncos and, and, were way too. The Broncos and the Ravens were both yes. teams that finished Oh my god, the Ravens are eight and nine. Right. Yeah. And it's and it's like I, I didn't want to pick those. No. No, I didn't. I, I just did I didn't pick those either. So now do I think Jacksonville does win the AFC South? No. But if I have to pick one here, that's who I go with because I think we're gonna see regression from the Titans. The Texans still don't scare me. I do like the Colts a lot this year with Matt Ryan. That's the one big holdup. Like right. it would take it would take unfortunately like a Matt Ryan type of injury for the Jaguars to be able to find first place. But Trevor Lawrence, man, he was a great quarterback prospect. He had a tough year in awful circumstances with Urban Meyer and everything that went on there, a bad roster. Right. I think Doug is the right guy to come in there and just balance things out. I think Trevor will have a really solid year for them, uh, and I think they're a team that they should at least double that three-win mark to six, but it wouldn't shock me if they can bounce into seven or eight wins. So uh, they're the one that I like the most for a big-time turnaround in this conference. Yep. Uh, what about you? I- no, I think that I I completely agree with you with what you said about the Broncos, what you said about the Ravens as well. Jacksonville is the team that if you were truly taking this question of worst to first, yep. I think you have to go with Jacksonville just because of the lack of solidification at the very top. But the team that I'm going to shout out, because I didn't think that you'd shout them out, but I wanted to make sure I shouted them out, was the New York Jets. I don't think the Buffalo Bills are going anywhere. I think they're yep. absolutely still winning that division. But in the spirit of the question, maybe not verbatim part of the question, what is a team that could have a massive turnaround? I think the Jets are a team that could potentially go from being last place in their division 
to a playoff spot, sneaking in mm-hmm. with the wild card. Now, that would require a massive leap in a lot of areas for the Jets, but there's reason to think that, hey, if they hit it all, right, if the, if the coaching staff is getting a lot of continuity and, and chemistry with the players, if a lot of those guys take their second, third year, fourth year in the league leaps, if they get lucky with guys not getting injured, there's a chance on paper. Yeah. There are things to like about this Jets team. I think the playmakers are getting better. Zach Wilson's going to be better. The backfield's going to be even better. The defense, I think, is getting better. You and I talked about how we believe Quinn and Williams is about to take that next step. And I think that especially with, uh, with, with, with their new edge rushers, that's going to be the case as well. So uh, I, I think that when you look at on paper, outside of Jacksonville, which I do think is the obvious answer in the AFC, the Jets are a team that could make that jump from – a nobody to a somebody, which I think is kind of the the spirit of the question as well. So what about the NFC? What do you think about the NFC? So the NFC, I thought it's obviously pretty difficult. The one that might surprise people and it goes against my theory for the AFC about the quarterback. Yep. Is the, it's the lions for me. Yeah. And I, I I say that because green Bay is still a unit, man. Like, obviously I don't think they're going anywhere despite some key losses. I don't really love the Vikings this year. I don't like the Bears at all this year with how little they improved that roster. It's kind of like they sat back and said, hey, we're going to, you know, understandably do the step one of a new regime and asset collect and then go all in down the road. I'm not criticizing that process, but that's the process they chose. And I think they're going to pay the the price for that this season. You look at the Lions, they are in a different phase. They already did the asset collecting. Now they got all the picks in the blueprint of their roster. I know Jared Goff's limited. I get it. But right. they quietly have one of the better offensive lines in football. They have a backfield with multiple running backs that can take the workload. They're going to be able to run the ball. I think Goff can function in the offense with what they have, especially when Jamison Williams comes back. I don't think Goff's going to be a top 10 quarterback, top 12, but can he function in the offense when there's a good offensive line in front of him, which is important for his lack of mobility, middle of the field threats, whether it's Amon Ra, whether it's Hawkinson, J-Mo getting the speed on the outside. They made some free agency additions as well on offense, and they're just going to compete under Dan Campbell. So if the Lions finish behind the Packers, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah, no, I, I I think that's a great call out, and and look, there, there's a reason why the Lions finished last in that division. Now, I do think that they got unlucky uh, in 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 certain ways, especially when mm. it came to closer games. But there's also reason to believe that their best ball is ahead of them. And I don't, I'm not so sure a playoff spot is going to be there for the Lions this year. But I do agree with you that if we're shouting out a team they do make sense because the arrow is pointing up. I'm glad you mentioned that offensive line because you, when you can win the way that we believe they're going to win theoretically up front with a top five offensive line in this league, that allows you to have a lot of flexibility. They add Jamison Williams, who might not be there right away, but I think could come on strong in the second half of the NFL. They add DJ Chark. They already have St. Brown. They've got TJ Hawkinson. They've got, a a plethora of running backs that they could go to the defense. We're still figuring it out. And when I look at the depth chart, you've got guys to like, but the two biggest question marks for me are what are you getting from Aiden Hutchinson year one? Because I'm not really worried about Hutchinson long-term, but what are you getting from him right out of the gate? And then what is Jeff Akuda? What is Jeff? Great question. If both of those guys can, and when I say hit this year, I even mean just like look good. Yep. Then, dude, next year, fully healthy J-Mo, f- another year with that offensive line, 
you've got now defensive stars and hopefully Jeff Akuda and, um, and, and Aiden, Hutch- Aiden Hutchinson. You're going to be adding more pieces to the puzzle next offseason as well. That's when I really see the Lions definitely competing, but you're totally right. It's a good shout-out, especially in Dan Campbell's group. I think they are going to be a lot better this year than they were last year. I'll bring up, I'll bring up a topical team, okay? I'll go with the Carolina Panthers. And again, mm. this isn't verbatim to the question because I don't think the Carolina Panthers are going to be better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just think their schedule is too easy. The Bucs have too much continuity. They have too much familiarity on a roster that's already won a Super Bowl. They're not going to overtake Tampa at the top of that division. But this was a team that won, that was 5-12 and 12 last year. That Connor, I would say absolutely disappointed in a sure. lot of different ways. You can look at certain situations for that team and think that, okay, there's, there's a reason to believe that maybe they could have even won seven, eight games last year. You get a little bit better this year, hopefully, with just the young guys on the roster getting better. You get a fully healthy, hopefully, Christian McCaffrey back. The offensive line is improving. That young defense with Phil Snow, year three, you hope that they're about to take a leap in a lot of different ways. Brian Burns gets over that hump and gets a double-digit sack. Derek Brown gets a lot better. Uh, your J.C. Horn, a fully healthy, healthy J.C. Horn, man. He looked gonna good be when he was on the field. And then the topical part of this that we can get into is they now have Baker Mayfield on the team. Now, I'll just talk a little bit about the Baker Mayfield situation because I'd love to hear from you as well. Yeah. This was a great move for Carolina, I think, getting Baker Mayfield, especially for the price and the way that they went about it. All of the timeline when it came to pressure of when to move Mayfield was on Cleveland. It always was, especially given what's happening with Deshaun Watson and how they really soured the relationship with Baker Mayfield. This was always pressure on Cleveland because for as much as you could sit here and say, oh, you know, his 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 fifth year of his rookie contract is fully guaranteed. Cleveland doesn't have to do anything. They're not going to lose out on anything. Come on. You can't, you couldn't have this guy on the roster for training camp. No, no, it would have been no, an absolute no. zoo. It would have been a circus. They had to move him at some point. Carolina was patient. And this was always the best destination for both parties, if you ask me. So they figure out the salary. They get Baker Mayfield, which I believe Baker Mayfield immediately best quarterback on that roster. Biggest question mark for me is, of course, the offensive line. He's going from one of the best offensive lines in the NFL in Cleveland to now a hopefully budding offensive Getting better. Line, but Getting right, better. Yeah, just, you're, you're right, right there. there. You're right. There's a difference. But that's the, that's the big area of concern with me for Baker Mayfield. But I, I, I did. I, I love the move. I love the way that Carolina went into this. It didn't seem like Seattle was that interested at all. So Carolina played the game very well, knew that they were – basically the only game in town. They were the only realistic suitors for Cleveland and they let, uh, they let time be their ally when it came to pressure mounting on Cleveland to make a move and get rid of them. So I really did. I like this move for Carolina and I think that it gives them a chance now to be better this year. Cause it wasn't going to happen with Sam Darnold. Before I get into the, the trade, do you find it a little odd that Seattle wasn't in on this? Yes, I do, <laughs> but it just seemed like they never were. So never were, never were. I, and, but I, I agree with you. I think that it was a little odd that uh, that I, Seattle was not interested. It just feels like Seattle to me is the team that all offseason we're hearing Pete under confidently, you know, stick by Drew Locke, Geno Smith, and everybody's looking around like really. And then the time goes by and nothing changes, and then you play the games during the regular season, and you're like, yeah, they won five or six games because they stuck by Drew Locke and Geno Smith, like. And they think they they think they can win. That's the scary thing to right, me. Right. So I, 
either way, let's get into Baker and Carolina. Like you said, I agree with you. It's a fine line, right, Trevor? Because you don't want to overpraise Carolina because all they've done in the Matt Rule era is fumbled the quarterback situation. So you don't get credit. Like, you don't throw up on the floor and then everybody cheers for you because you cleaned up after yourself. Like, that's, that's a not how, great analogy. Like, that's, that's, not how it, great. that's not how it goes, man. Like, you're the one that got yourself into the mess because you drank too much. So I don't want to go, like, overboard and be like, wow. But this makes Carolina a better football team, and that matters. Yep. Yep. That stands for something. For those sitting at home that, like, do the juggle of Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, and they go, I don't know. Let me tell you, as somebody that has watched a lot of Sam Darnold and a lot of Baker Mayfield, it's not even close when Baker Mayfield's healthy. He's a significantly better quarterback. He's an upgrade for this offense. They got him in there before training camp even starts. Now that he can go take his physical as we record this show, he can get his hands on the concepts he's going to be running. He's going to get caught up to speed. He's going to be motivated. He's going to be motivated to kick the Browns' ass week one. Like That alone is enough for him to be like, let's get ready to go. This helps a lot of guys in fantasy football on that Carolina offense right now. That much we know. Man, I think it makes them a better team, and I like your pick a lot. Obviously, staring up at the Bucks is no easy task. Staring up at the Saints, who are in a little bit of a transition period but are still really good, that's no easy task. Atlanta's in a full-on rebuild, so yeah, they're going to probably surpass them pretty easily. But if Baker is healthy, which is a huge caveat, but mm-hmm. if he's healthy, he's the guy. For them. Yep. And it's not even close. He's a significant upgrade over Sam Darnold and Matt Corral right now. So, And you gave up nothing. You're barely paying him any of his salary. Uh, the Browns could not have handled this situation worse in terms of killing any kind of value that Baker Mayfield had. I, I mean, just absolutely destroyed that. And, and the Panthers reaped the reward, and their patience paid off. So, yep. yeah, it's it's a good move. There's no denying it. Real quick, what is a uh, the question? The second part of the question is a top ten consensus team that might miss the playoffs. Um, what did I have in my notes here? Tricky. I just got to think of who's the consensus. In the yeah, top 10. I I have teams in both the NFC and the AFC. Like I think an, an easy one for the NFC is the Cardinals to maybe miss the oh, playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the AFC, the Steelers made the playoffs last year. I think that they're. Uh, a candidate to potentially miss the playoffs this year. I know a lot of people would point to the Bengals as well. So the Bengals might take a step back and that might cause them to miss the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be a terrible team, but maybe not as dominant down oh, the Tennessee the year before Tennessee. They were the number one seed in the AFC last year. Tennessee, I think is probably the right answer. Tennessee. So Tennessee is your pick. Tennessee would be your, yeah, pick. I would go with Tennessee because they were 12 and five last year. I, I wouldn't be, I, I mean, let's do Let's, I mean, do the exercise right there. Right. When you look at how they don't make the uh, make the playoffs, I mean, I think the Colts can win that division off the bat, and then okay, you got to go through the wild cards. But let's assume that the Bills are in AFC's tough Col- too. Colts win the division. The Bengals they were in the Super Bowl. Let's put some respect on their name. They make it back. That's already three, right? Yeah. yeah. You feel like at least two are coming out of the AFC West. At least two. At least I'll go with the Chiefs two. and the Chargers. Then let's say the Ravens make it back in. Like things get tight for Tennessee real quick. I'm not saying they don't make the playoffs, but I'm saying if I had to pick one, they're the regression team for me. Like your pick of the Cardinals in the NFC. 
Uh, I would also throw the Cowboys in there. Uh, I think Woo! the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are in there for regression. The offensive line is getting older. Uh, the youthful addition that they have on the offensive line is Tyler Smith, who I think is going to take some time for him to be a legitimate starter in the league, which I think he has the potential to do. He's just there are there are consistency things and technique things and, and just competition level things coming from Tulsa that he's really going to need to work out. Obviously, they lose Amari Cooper. Um, they lose uh, Cedric Wilson as well. They still have Michael Gallup. They still have CeeDee Lamb, so they're okay there. But yep. um, Zeke Elliott. Stanky division, though. Zeke, Stanky. El- Zeke Elliott is getting older, and they continue to yeah. want to give him the football. I know they have Tony Pollard, but they continue to want to give the ball to Zeke, and he's just not nearly as explosive and effective. Trayvon Diggs is not going to have 11 interceptions again, right? And so for as much as even if you love the fact that he is a ball hawk, shoot, man, you cut that in half. You give him yeah. six interceptions, and that's a good year for a corner. That is, That could be like a win or two that they don't get if that's a possession. So I, I think that all of that is natural regression as well. Michael Parsons is still going to be an absolute animal in the middle, but no Randy Gregory either. All of that plus the fact that I don't really love Mike McCarthy as a head coach. Uh, if they would if they would have lost Dan Quinn, I, this would have been my easy answer because I love Dan Quinn, but they were able to retain him, which I think was huge because now they have two of the best coordinators in the game and Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. That could help make up for Mike McCarthy, who I don't have a ton of trust in, but I want to shout out the Cowboys too because if you believe the Cowboys are still a top 10 team in the NFL, as I believe they won 12 games last year. They, they did 12. 12 and 5. 12 and 5. Then I would I would say that they are a team that could potentially miss the playoffs this year and have some regression. All right, let's get on to the next question here. Uh, which NFL coaches would you hate to get chewed out from the most? Mike Vrabel. He's he's he is on my list. He's Mike my Vrabel. List. It's Mike Vrabel. I I think I've told this on the pod and if I haven't before, when the teams are only allowed to do the FaceTime interviews because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. the stories I heard of Rabel just destroying guys like, <laughs> over FaceTime, over FaceTime was just was enough where I was like, if that's how he is on FaceTime, I don't even know. And I think Will Compton made a joke on Twitter, although I don't know if it was a joke that like he broke his leg or something once and Rabel was like, move the drill. Like, like, keep it going. Like, just move the drill away from him, breaking his leg. Like, it, like Vrabel is so, so scary. I, I what are the good runner ups? Uh, I'm so caught I, up I, on Vrabel being terrifying. Mike Vrabel is there, and then I, so I obviously I have Dan Campbell, but I don't think I think Vrabel is scarier than Campbell. If we're going like scary factor, I think Dan can put his hand on your shoulder though sometimes and balance when it's time to scream right, right. and when it's time to have a heart to heart. This is I true. don't know if Vrabel has that <laughs> switch, <laughs> and it's worked. It's He's won a lot of games. A just straight disciplinarian. I mean, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a parenting tip for people out there. I don't know. Uh, yeah. The other the other coaches that. I have on here Sean McDermott is one of them and I have Sean McDermott because I feel like Sean McDermott would be if if your dad just went son I'm not mad at you I'm like I'm just I'm just disappointed and yep. I'd be and I'd be like Sean come on man like don't cut me deep like like call me a like call me a bad word like do something like like yeah, degrade me. me or something don't tell me that you're disappointed in me like that would be that would be like the fatherly figure because I feel as though Man, I listen to those Bills players talk about that locker room and that team chemistry and how tight it is. And just every team, it feels like Sean McDermott has been the head coach of. That family feeling has been at the core of all of them. Uh, and so I feel like if, if 
he were to if he were to chew me out, it would be in like a fatherly, I'm disappointed way. And that would just ugh, that would cut to my core. So I thought about that one. And then the other one I thought of is um Lovey Smith because he's so soft spoken. I, I did I don't know if he's yelling at me and I'd I'd hear him fully. I don't know. He's just very he's very he's very soft spoken as a head coach. So I'd be like, All right, well, I don't I, I didn't hear how you want me to get better, but um, yeah. So that was those are my those are my three outside of outside of Mike Grable. This exercise kind of made me realize we're past the era of there being so many scary NFL coaches. Like, I went down the list of all the teams while doing this. Right, right. And I was like, wow. A lot of coaches in the NFL are not the, at least publicly, I'm not going to pretend that I'm in the meeting room watching tape, um, you know, watching my bad tape, and they're screaming at me. But (laughs) it's, I mean, think about it. When you go down the list, it's like, wow. There's a lot of guys are the teach method over the yell method in the league right now. I think that's, and I think if you did this exercise in 1995 or whatever it is. Probably different. It would be flipped upside down. Well, so Saban, was, Saban was in the NFL at that point, so you know that would screaming. that would count. That would, yeah, that would count all the Wait, time. Wait, was he in the NFL in '95? When was he with? The no, Bears? I don't think so. I think Saban was a little bit later than that. Was in he the Michigan NFL. State at that point? So Saban was with the Dolphins from 2005 to 2006. '95 was his first year at Michigan State, so he was with the Browns the four years before that. Though. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I was wondering when yeah, he you were was close. With the Browns. All right. I, I forgot close. about that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Belichick. Yep, of course. Him and Bill. All right. Uh, next um, question. Next yeah, question. Yeah, keep, keep it rolling. Uh, oh, this one's from Lil Hoops 2007 on uh, the iTunes reviews. They said, piggybacking off your NFL Street episode, make a team for NFL Street players from the other four major sports. You could pick an NFL player to be your QB, but it can't actually be a QB. I wanted to read this question, but we're not going to do it here. I think I want mm. this to be some episode. sort of a full... Uh, mock draft Monday format, like yep. building a full team, not even in an NFL street team. Maybe it might be full 22 man rosters of athletes who are not in football. Cause I think that's extremely yeah. fun. So I wanted yeah. to read the question, but we're going to do, we're probably going to do a full show on that one. Um, D billionaire asked, what would be your go-to weapon in a game of Thrones style battle sword, shield, a bow, a battle axe, a war hammer, a great sword, uh, love the show. And then they also said 11 on 11 street is a must, which I got to tell you, man, we got a lot of feedback and comments saying people wanted to do the 11 on 11, uh, NFL street episode. So that is also going to be coming. But what is your go-to weapon game of Thrones style? Well, you got to think like, and I think a lot of people don't think of this, Like you and I are not like as much as a lot of people probably assume this. We're not six, six, 280 pounds. Like we're not carrying a shield and an axe. Don't don't give it away. They don't. Yeah, I know. They only only see us. They only see us on YouTube. We give that appearance. Not six, six, 280. We're six, three, 250. Right, right, right. (laughs) I'm not. The battle axe is too much weapon for me. Uh, As much. Yeah, be a little much. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to go. I mean, I I do like the idea of the bow, but your primary weapon can't just be the bow. Yeah, like you, you need to you, you need to pick a a handheld weapon. So I'm gonna go classic sword here because the practicality of it. Like I, I just the battle axe is just too much, man. It's too much. I gotta go with the sword. It's the boring answer. You know what I would go with actually? Let mm-hmm. me take that back. Mm-hmm. Not sword and shield. I'd go double daggers. Oh, nice. You nice. Use them to block. They're really light on your feet. Yep, yep. I'd go. I'd go double daggers. You could throw one and still have a weapon. It's true. 
It's yeah. true. Double daggers for me. That's good. No, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good strat. I also went with. Uh, I went with with just having a good suit of body armor and a sword. And the reason why is because I go back. If we're doing this Game of Thrones, I go back to a quote that the Hound had. One of my favorite characters oh, in the just show. Such a legend. The quote was I believe he was talking to Arya at this point. And he said, your friend is dead and Marin Trant is not because Trent had armor and a big effing sword. And that's all it just comes down to. And Such yeah, a good line. Every time I think about what weapons I would choose from the show, I always think about that quote and I go, you know what? Hound knew what he was talking about. Hound made it. So uh, I got to, uh, <laughs> I've got to go with his advice there and say that I would just take Good body armor. In, and, uh, in spirit and of the question, sword. In spirit of the question, let me uh, kick one back to you. Are you in or out on the Jon Snow spinoff series that's rumored? <laughs> wow, you have to think about it. I'm 100 percent in. I'm all. No, in. I mean, like, here's the thing. I'm obviously in on it because Game of Thrones yeah. is my favorite show of all time. Uh, yep. you're, you're a little skeptical, though. Understandably, it's, it's just I, I, I'm, I'm like everybody else. The second Game of Thrones ended. I wanted to continue watching Game of Thrones. Like, I, yeah, I wanted yep. to continue watching the story. For everybody out there who hasn't seen the show, I'm sorry. But if you haven't seen it at this point, I was like That's three on you. Years. I was like three yeah. years late, so I'm sorry. But, like, John going off into the north with the wildlings and what happens uh, in Winterfell. Like, what happens with Bran being king? Like, does anything happen to the other side of the world that we spend so much time on? You know, like, all of those things you think about and you want to say, okay, well, those stories didn't fully wrap up. Arya gets on a boat and she's just sailing. And you go, like, okay, well, where's she going? What's she doing? She's going to conquer sure. the world. What's going on? and you want to know the answers to that so right off the bat that part of me is super excited to hopefully pick up the story where it left off or close to where it was left off with Jon Snow I'm just worried I'm just always worried that it's just it gonna suck and I that's not yeah. the, the cynic in me the skeptic in me but uh it's it's I'm torn. I'm torn a little bit on it, but I, obviously I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch the hell of that out of it. Just like I'm going to watch house of dragon, or I think that's what it's called. But yeah, it's a fair response because there's a lot of variables that need to happen for it to be right. Like you can't just bring back him and none of the rest of the cast. Right. Because right. You're in the world right. of game of Thrones. So yes. I just had to ask you that. I was, it was in the spirit of a question. It's always good to see a game of Thrones question in the mailbag. When, uh, yeah. Game of Thrones questions. Absolutely. Always welcome. If you have any like conspiracy theories or like, what if this character did this or what if like this happened instead of this, always throw those out to us. Yeah. When house of dragon starts, this will be a house of dragon podcast and it will indeed. It'll have a subplot as a draft podcast. We're just kidding. Uh, it'll be renamed to the NFL uh, Dragon Exchange. All right, last one from the iTunes. This one's a funny one. Full contact football, and this is for fans of both Lockdown NFL Draft, Stick to Football, and NFL Stock Exchange. Full contact football, Solak and Sikama versus Matt Miller and Mello. Uh, Connor, you are all-time quarterback. Sweet. So I wins? am the middleman. Who wins two on two? You are the middleman. That's very true. That is great. Uh, as all-time quarterback, I in, in backyard football, I value speed. So you guys win uh, pretty easily. With pretty nimble, easily there. Nimble. I value speed. I, I know you and Ben. Uh, definitely you. I have not ever seen Ben run, but I'm assuming he is. Uh, he's <laughs> he's aerodynamic, is how I'll put it. Ben so, used to I run think, cross country. So okay, so he's, he can go all day. He's he got can, the, he's he got he the can. stamina. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know when the last time he ran cross country. Yeah, I see a lot of tweets about just eating cheese. In the <laughs> <of the night>. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's not just cheese. 
is not just cheese. It's post midnight cheese. That's yes. Ben's. That's Ben's brand right now. Is it like one one thirty in the morning? He just goes, mm, "I'm gonna have some cheese." Time for cheese. <laughs> yeah, I'll still take you guys. Okay. I'll still take right. you guys. You got I would, the speed advantage. I, w- I would be mad. Uh, shout out Matt and Mellow, obviously, but uh, I would be mad if my current podcast partner didn't pick. No, that would be a horrible move on my part. part. Yeah, that's just that would that would just be bad business on your part. Uh, Andrew asked this next one. Uh, these are two separate questions for me and you because he had to change the question a little bit. Said like, Connor, rank how badly you want your sports teams to win a championship. Ship so Jets, Mets, Knicks, Rangers. Rank. Them. I get that one a lot, a real lot. You want I me to imagine. go and then, and then we'll do part two here. Yeah, so, you, you go and then I'll do I'll do part two. Yeah. I, I will say this question changes a lot. Um, changes a, a real lot. The the most honest fan answer is it's Mets to win the World Series, Rangers to win the Cup, Jets to win the Super Bowl, Knicks to win an NBA championship. The other responses, though, because I would like obviously we work in football and I would like to see how people's brains unravel if the Jets ever won a Super Bowl. Right. Like I don't really think general public of football fandom can uh, like understand that. Like they can right. unpack that. Like, no, you can't make fun of the jets anymore. They just won the super bowl. Like you have to find new shitty jokes. <laughs> so there's a big part of me that's jets. Number one, but like as my real, like what I'm a fan of right now, especially working in football mm-hmm. Mets to win the world series, which is another one. A lot of people like crap on the Mets, even though they're, they're finally good. Um, Rangers winning the cup, of course, that would be pretty special to me, as everybody could probably tell yep. if you listen to the show during the playoffs. So, yeah, it's, I get that one a lot, and I will be honest, it does change about every five years, but now that's you, where we are right now. You have, you have the Knicks at, as your four, but you and I have talked about this before. Yeah. What is the New York championship that would that would be the most impactful to just – the city, the New York, the city, the, the Knicks, both fan base. And you said without a doubt, it's the Knicks. It's the Knicks. Now, why it's four for me? I'm not like a. I'm really. I'm. I love the Knicks. Like I, I watched the Knicks since I was four years old. Yeah, religiously. Right. The problem is for the Knicks, Trevor. Why that championship would mean less to me is not a Knicks thing. It definitely means the most of the city in New York, which means a lot to me. But it's the fact that the only way you really win an NBA championship these days is by getting stars that you signed externally. And I know the Bucks didn't do that. It was a bit of an anomaly. But, like, that doesn't mean as much to me. And Maybe I'm an old-school, like, boring mm. sports fan. Mm. But, like, if the Knicks go out and do what the Nets just tried to did and it failed, like, you signed KD and Kyrie, like, yeah, you're happy your team won a championship. But, like, is it really, like, that cool? Yeah, it's cool. Mm. It's not the same to me mm. as, like, the Rangers scouting Igor Shosturkin in Russia for how many years, right. developing him in the KHL, sure. him sure. coming over and being the successor to Henrik Lundqvist and winning a championship is the best going in the NHL. Like, they're, it's just different to me. I do think that that exists more in NHL and MLB, yes. no doubt. Because, like, yes. you know, you look at the Lightning. Steven Samkos, Victor Hedman, Nikita Kucherov, Andre Vasilevsky. Like, those are their Home-run four players. best players. Uh, Andre Palat, Braden Point, right? All of these guys were drafted by the team. 
Yeah. All of them were Cooper had been there for years before they got good. Right. And so it's uh it, it is interesting. It's it is a different feel, no doubt about it, because in the NBA you can be you could almost be good overnight when you are a big market you absolutely team, have can. a lot of money. Um the NFL, I will just tell you <clears throat> from experience <laughs> Getting Tom Brady and then winning a title. <laughs> the title felt, the title still this felt great. Watching two lifelong New England Patriots, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, hoist Lombardi Trophy this in Tampa Bay. So, and the Rams uh, just did it with, with Stafford. Right. And I so obviously you do still enjoy it. But to your point, it is a different feeling. It's a different feeling when... I, I, I remember watching the Lightning in... Oh, what was that? What was that? strike shortened year it was 2015 2016 let me see yeah I, I, I can't i can't remember which one was the strike shortened year but like the lightning still had all the same players like it was still Stamkos. it was still headman yeah. it was it was it was vasileski at the beginning it was it was you know tyler johnson andre palat like all of those guys and they missed the playoffs and so i remember watching that core of players and just the fact that that team that you watched for so long got to win a championship. It is a different feeling. A championship's a championship. Everybody loves it. It's great for the city. You would enjoy it. I don't think that's what you're, you're not saying that you wouldn't enjoy it. But it is I think, definitely different when it's a homegrown, if yes. you will. It just has a little bit more of a long-lasting feeling to it. The summary of it is, in baseball and hockey, you are given more of a runway to allow cores to grow. Like, Players come up in baseball and hockey, especially hockey, at like 21. And they might not be that good right away. Yeah. But everybody, there's a different patience level where they're like, when this guy's 24, 25, 26, and the guys around him that we all drafted together all hit at the same time. Like, it, it, I feel like in basketball, it's like, man, that core didn't work. Let's like, let's pay a different core and try again. It's, and it's, it's, it's just not for me. I get why some people, Love it, and I still like the NBA. I still love the Knicks, but as a league, it's not—it's not as good of a product to me. Especially when you look at how small market teams like the Rays in baseball, like mm-hmm. Cleveland in baseball, they do find a way to pretty consistently compete without spending any money, which is not a great thing. But it's still impressive in terms of how the sport functions that way. Uh, the second part of the question for me from Andrew was. Gators win the title this year. I'm assuming he means in football because that would mean the most. But the Bucks, Rays, and Lightning all miss the playoffs for the next four years. Do you make the trade? I don't know oh, if you I'm, have to. I don't know if I'm crazy for this, but I don't. I, wow. I, I I don't make the trade, and I think the reason is because I don't know if it's just because I have not considered Florida to be contenders for so long that I'm numb to it now, but. The Lightning are in a winning window, right? They've yeah, made three cups point. in a row. So the, Bucks. the Bucks have Tom Brady. The Rays yeah. are in a massive winning window right now. So it's yep. like I, it would kind of it would me it would actually mean more to me if either of those three teams, which actually have a chance to win a championship, win it over Florida. Which is, it's, if you would have asked me that question, even even two years ago, three years ago, for sure. I would have sprinted to say I won a Florida Gators football yeah. national championship. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm just numb to it now. They've had so many different coaching changes, and I've never really considered them actual contenders or what. But uh, maybe maybe Billy Napier will have them 5-0 and this year, and, and you can ask me this question in 
four months and my answer will completely change. But that was that's uh, so, I, I've got to go against the grain. A little bit. My auto yes for you was because I thought since the Bucks and Lightning have won so much recently that you'd be like, cool. Now it's like I'll take the Florida championship and substitute sure. for the others. But I didn't think of your correct theory that very realistically in the next four years you can win more than one championship total. Which is like extremely greedy and wild to but, say. But, <laughs> dude, enjoy it while you can. My I, 30 years on this earth, I was, what, two years old when the Rangers won the Cup? I don't count it. I've never seen any team I root for win a championship. So if the day ever comes where one of the four I love are a, not dynasty, but like have a chance to be a dynasty. Right, right. Soak that up soak it up <laughs> it's coming it's coming i hope it comes uh while this podcast is still a thing because it's going to be beautiful you and i are going to be if 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 one of your teams or if either of our teams i feel like win a championship we're with the oh. next episode that we do we're going to have the the snowboard or ski goggles on and we're just going to have like Champagne. a bo- each have a bottle of champagne in our hand that's it's gonna so be fun an episode that you can't miss all right uh Andy asked this next one, past or present, what's one real sporting event you wish you could have attended and one fictional sporting event you wish you could have attended? This is a fun question. It's a really fun one. Miracle on Ice is the number one for me Um, because I'm pretty sure it did not air live on TV at the time. Who did it not? I don't think so. I don't think it aired live on TV. So being there would be unlike anything else, in my opinion. Yeah. A one from like a movie or something is really tough and it shouldn't be. I just, I'm kind of drawing a blank here. I got a handful. One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got yeah, a handful. Yeah. So the, the real one, I definitely have miracle on ice here. Uh, another one I wanted to give a shout out to was the 2006 Rose bowl, Reggie Bush, oh. Vince young. Like that would have been truly unbelievable to watch. And then honestly, the other one that I, that I wrote down was outside of any of my teams winning a title, which is sentimental tiger winning the masters in 2019. Can you imagine if you were there on Sunday and just you, you solely followed tiger around the entire day shot for shot with him, then winning the masters, that would have been absolutely unbelievable. So the miracle on ice is, is definitely one of them. The Oh six Rose bowl and then tiger and the masters in, in 2019 or two that I thought of the fictional ones. I've got some funny ones, and then I've got uh, some serious ones. The funny ones. The final round of the Tour Championship in Happy Gilmore. Between That's Happy great. Gilmore and Shooter McGavin, okay? Like, it could not have ended any more dramatically. Uh, it was one. For, and I thought, for this extra, there are so many great sporting events that have happened throughout the course of history. And even, you know, for talking fiction. But the best ones to watch are the ones where, like, you've got to have those crazy moments that can... I think fill the entire time that you're there. Because I thought about this too. I was like, would Mm. LeBron beating Golden State for the Cleveland Championship, like would that be one of them? And to me, it's not because basketball is so back and forth for three hours that like you have that insane last five minutes of the game. But I guess the Kyrie shot is, is like the shot that you would go the most crazy for. But you know, Miracle on Ice, you're screaming your head off the oh whole time, and you've got the goals that you're celebrating for, and Tiger hitting putts and shots. You're going crazy every time he does that. Vince Young and, and Reggie Bush and that USC team versus Texas, you're going back and forth the whole time, and you have that moment at the very end with Vince Young running it in, right? You've got all of those things throughout one game, and when I think fictional stuff, uh, the other funny one was 
Globo Jim versus uh, Average Joe's. <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> Dodgeball matchup. Uh, on the similar vein of hockey, the D2 Mighty Ducks, Team USA versus Team Iceland goes into shootouts. Okay? You've got uh, multiple back and forth there. But I think the number one for me would be Rocky versus Ivan Drago. Oh, that, that's that's pit. that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. It's got to be the one, right? Because you're watching the fight and you're going crazy the whole time. Every punch, every rally, up until the very end, you get the knockout, and it's. Uh, I think that would be. I think that would be my number. One. That's absolutely the one. Or one we didn't get to see which was rocky against apollo the sparring the, the third one rocky three mm. and then the movie goes out mm. that's one as well i'll add one in the spirit of boxing um any foreman ali fight any sure, sure. of them I i'm mean, sure they were nuts obviously the rumble in the jungle is probably the one that a lot of people would think that's the one you go to i, I just uh, my God, it's crazy. For, I think Foreman came into that fight 40-0. and 0. There, Yeah, there's so much there with 37 knockouts. I, I mean, I, I don't... It doesn't get better than that. It's kind of, And boxing is quietly on the rise again, but just nothing will be what that rivalry was. Yep, I agree. So. I agree. Andrew had another one here. If you had to pick one food to com- eat competitively, what would it be? And then there's a gif of Joey Chestnut just going absolutely ham on uh, on hot dogs like we know he always does. So what's the food? I could eat a lot of steak. A lot steak. of steak. I could eat a lot of have steak. You ever now, done, like, have you ever done like one of those challenges where it's like 50 ounces of steak? No, I have not. I have not competitively ate leisurely. I just think I can do it. <laughs> Com- competitively eaten leisurely. That's a funny uh, way to say it. Man. Oh, I don't know. It's it's a good one. Like steak's a good one. Steak's a really good one. Because like you gotta think, like the things that are really good, like ice cream and stuff, like I'm I'm not lactose intolerant, but I think I'm pretty close. Where it's like <laughs> lactose like, I can't competitively eat something like sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. It's, it's I also, pretty tough. What would you go with? I have two that I wrote down. Steak is a good one. I don't know if I I don't know if I could competitively eat steak. We'll see. Um I eat chicken wings. I eat really fast. Oh. Wings so is a good one. I could hammer chicken wings. And then the other one is sushi. Now I know really? that it's not a sushi like guy. filling with like carbs and everything. But for example, we just had sushi last night and unfortunately sushi is expensive. So, you know, like you order three rolls and it's like $30, but I will crush thir- like three rolls of sushi. And then an hour later, I'm hungry again. Like it's just, yeah. I, I, it's just clean to my body. It's just, it's just easy to digest. I think uh, sushi and wings would be my two most competitive foods. That's a that's a good question. It's you got to think of like the aspect of how fast can I eat it? Right, obviously. Right. But chicken how wings, much chicken wings? I'm going to absolute town, absolute wings. town on it. Nicole asked this next one. Getting back to football. Of the four teams that have never made it to the Super Bowl, so the Detroit Lions, the Houston mm-hmm. Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Cleveland Browns, which team would you most like to make an appearance, see make an appearance in the Super Bowl? Uh, and then do you want them to win or lose? So this was really easy for me. It's the Lions, and I want to see them win. I, I don't I don't even think it's close compared to the other three. No offense to the fan base of those other three. Um God, I'm trying to think. I've been to all four of these places, and I think I've been to all four 
during football season, not all for football, but just in general, I don't think any of them would be embraced the same way Detroit would embrace the Lions being in the Super Bowl. I, I think it would be so well that Cleveland, but Cleveland. Nah. So obviously, like you have to. Unfortunately, we now have the fact. Yeah, I'm not rooting Watson. for. Yeah, no, right, sorry, right, right, you right. you're out automatically. Right. The um, city itself, I think, you're right. Go crazy Browns but... fans are diehard, right. but I think because the Lions have been bad for a really long time, people have forgotten how diehard the Lions fans are too. Sure, sure. So, I, the one I vote for, like personally, I would like to see the Lions, and it's not just a Dan Campbell thing. It's the Lions for Detroit as a city. Um, I think it would be it would be really good for football. It'd be really good for Detroit. And I think that it's it's obviously a huge market as well. I would say Jacksonville uh, of those teams. I would want to see Jacksonville make it to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl because I have a lot of friends who are Jacksonville Jaguars fans who honestly, I've met a lot of them just through social media because the fan base is absolutely nuts. You guys are crazy. You guys are awesome. Uh, That year that they went to the AFC championship game that they almost went to the Super Bowl, which they should have went to the Super Bowl. Miles Jack was not down. Um, they had a wild card game in Jacksonville hosting against the Buffalo Bills. And I was living in Tampa at the time. And a bunch of my friends who live in Jacksonville, big Jags fans, they tailgate like just absolute crazy fans like that is that that tailgate that i went to in jacksonville for that playoff game because i ended up going up there with them and experiencing that that tailgate rivaled any college damn. football tailgate i've ever damn had. they made one person made the area code is 904 one person made 904 jello shots oh okay for the entire tailgate group they had i think it was bold city brigade is the is the tailgate group they have there all 904 were consumed before oh, they went in the stadium, before they went in the stadium. And it was just a, it was a wild time. It was a great time. They're passionate. They're crazy. They love football. They love each other. It's, it, it's great. And I would love to, for that fan base to get to see another playoff run and hopefully shout out Jacksonville, big shout out Jacksonville, big shout love out it. Jacksonville. I love it. Uh, Patrick asked this next one. You're stranded in the woods, somewhere inaccessible to vehicles and filled with dangerous animals. Roger Goodell concerned for your well-being graciously says he will send three current NFL players of your choosing to rescue you. Who makes up your NFL wildlife survival rescue crew? I mean, I think it's, I don't know. I want to say it's easy, but three come to my mind pretty quickly. Aaron Donald. Okay. Trent Williams. Okay. Derek Henry. Okay. So you're just going like full bodyguard beef strength style. If you guys need to move a yep. boulder to get to where you want to go, you're going to do it. If Derrick Henry needs to wrestle a grizzly bear, he's going to do it. Yeah. Well, Trent Williams is doing that. I well, picked Derrick okay. Henry instead of a third lineman because if we it, like say I like break my leg or something, and somebody <laughs> needs to carry me and run really fast, Derrick Henry can do that. Yep. Yep. That's no, it's pretty easy for me. You went, you went, you went straight beef. I went, I went a little bit different in the strategy. Oh, you went a little more skill. I did. If you let me pick Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm picking Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, simply, I will. Be, simply because the beard, right, tells you he's enough of a man of nature, a wild man to know that he understands how to survive. Uh, if you weren't going to let me pick Ryan Fitzpatrick, I was going to say Aaron Rodgers because he has a compass now on his arm. So you'd be able to know <laughs> oh which way you're going. <laughs> 
Oh man, all that jokes, was good. All jokes aside, good. I mean, like I know the that internet's having a lot of fun with that, but like Roger's tattoo, like like design wise and quality wise, is pretty I, sick. Okay, so here's my question for you. It's pretty. Sick. I agree. Is it a great tattoo, or is I, it just a really good picture of a tattoo? Like, is it something that you want to see I, so, every day for the well, rest of your life? Tattoos have to be very personal. That's the that's the thing is that anybody out there can get a tattoo and someone else is going to think that it's stupid. But as yeah, long, that's fair. That's as fair. long as you don't. And obviously, like I'm, I, I'm having fun poking poking fun at it. But honestly, like the des- the design work was sick. The the tattoo artist it was yeah, is no obviously doubt. an incredibly talented tattoo artist. As long as Aaron loves the tattoo, I agree. Great. That's and I that, say that, that as someone is, that has tattoos and that like is I truly get it. all that matters. I don't yeah. have a tattoo because I've never wanted uh I've never wanted just like one or two one-off tattoos. Yep. I've always really wanted like a full sleeve tattoo on my left arm, but I'm also not sure I have enough things that I would would want to fill a full sleeve with on my left arm so it's That's a, a problem. Uh, it's a it's a big internal debate for me so if you guys see any inspirational full anything, sleeve, you guys see anything cool on the internet just send it to trevor right if you guys see anything cool just send it my way i'll just i'll just put it somewhere on my arm as we uh, as we continue to do that so okay so uh, either ryan for fitzpatrick or aaron Rodgers. vita vea because i did need i did need the beef i did need the beef somewhere and then how about this one carson wentz oh because the man knows how to hunt and fish. Yeah. We are surviving, baby. You're right. Yeah, but he's gonna he's he's gonna uh he's gonna leave you guys in the woods at some point. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So he went there. He gotta think of reliability there. here. That's true. That did go into it. Maybe that'll come back to bite me. Who knows? Garrett asked this one. We'll go uh, rapid fire for the for the next ten minutes here to, to close this one out. You are going oh, so he said Oklahoma drill. This is an Oklahoma drill. You are going one time against Jordan Davis, once against Vita Vea, or twice against Aaron Donald. Which one are you choosing? I don't know why, but twice against Aaron Donald. I wouldn't even go once against Aaron Donald. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go once again. If, if he said once against Aaron Donald, I wouldn't be choosing Aaron Donald. I'm so choosing- my answer is Jordan Davis. Okay. Um, okay. Because he's six foot six. Yep. So like there's a, there's a chance that I can like get under. There's a very small chance, but there's at least a chance that I can kind of like dip under him. Or slip under him, not take the full-on contact, or at least I just bounce off his belly, not his chest and shoulders. Vita Vea would ki- literally kill me. Aaron Donald <laughs> would make me unrecognizable because he's low to the ground. He's like six feet tall, six foot one. So we'd just go, he would just destroy me. Like my chest would split in half if I went against Aaron Donald once. So the answer for me is Jordan Davis. Uh, Aaron Donald would have your body looking like a uh, cursed Stranger Things character. So yeah, yeah, we'd not be going up against him. I think I'd be going up against Vita Vea uh, simply because I've met him and talked to him many times when I was covering like the Buccaneers. Nice he was a rookie. And he is a nice guy. So maybe he'd recognize me and he'd go, like, I won't kill this guy. All right, I won't, I won't kill this guy. <laughs> I'll let him live. I'll let your life is your own, is what he would say uh, after he absolutely buried me into the dirt. Patrick asked his next one, Rank. This is always a controversial one. And this is a this is kind of a shout out to Question of the Days, which you've kind of went away from a little bit, but we'll bring back in some capacity, I promise. Rank these breakfast foods. Waffles pancakes french toast waffles are the champ like the champ okay pancakes are really good man like if done right 
I became for a while, I became like a little bit of a pancake hater. And then I started eating like actually good pancakes, good pancakes, like yeah. chocolate chip pancakes, stuff like that. I'm like, oh, pancakes are actually really, really good. French toast is fine. It's significantly below the other two, like significantly below the other two. Do you agree? Have you ever had lemon ricotta pancakes? No. Where it's like, I'm trying to. I'm trying to look up a recipe. Lemon I've, ricotta? I've, dude, I've ordered them many times, and it is just the most elite, fluffy, flavorful pancakes I have ever I'm going to Google these guy. bad boys. It's insane. Uh, waffles are number one. We have the exact same power ranking. Uh, waffles, waffles are the goat. Are the goat. No question about it. You get the you get the texture. You get the girth. Practicality, uh, the syrup flavor. sits in them. Correct. It's all right like it there. It was just a perfect invention. The Correct. waffle was a perfect invention. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Stephen F. Waffle uh, just did an unbelievable yeah. job uh, inventing the waffle there. So, yeah, that's uh, that's number one. Pancakes, number two, especially lemon ricotta pancakes. <sighs> good lemon ricotta pancakes could honestly contend for number one. I'm not going to lie to you. And then French toast. Good French toast is fine, but I think you're right. There are too many times where French toast is bad. There are too many times where it's like soggy, right? The floor, the floor for French toast is so low that they've that they've got to be number three. Uh, did you uh, look up lemon ricotta pancakes? Yeah, it looks amazing. There, there. I will find it. Johnny asks this next one: If you could uh, take one professional athlete from a different sport and add him to your favorite team, who would it be, and what position would they play? Tricky. Tricky, tricky. Um, I have, uh, I've got, I've got from soccer. I've got six foot five uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, the Sweden striker, because he'd be absolutely hilarious. Because he would just talk the most shit to everyone the entire time, even though he is not a football player at all. I think it'd be hilarious. Joel Embiid being a tight end, I think would also be absolutely hilarious. Oh my god, giant seven footer. Um, and then the other one, uh. This is a rugby player. And I thought about this question. I was like, you know what? There's got to be a rugby player that would be yeah. really good. Maro Itoje is a rugby player who's considered one of the best rugby players in the world. He's six foot five, 255, rocked up. And I went yeah, and I watched this up. dude's highlights before this yeah. question. And I went, Holy cow, put him back in the in the running back spot for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it would be Derrick Henry like in that offense. And so uh yeah, that would be those would be my three there. Those would be my yeah, three. dude's a tank. We've seen a couple of rugby guys uh obviously try out for the NFL and yep. and not look out of place. So no. in the preseason. So that's a good one. My like cheat answer here, and I think Johnny will specifically appreciate this, is I would take Kyler Murray and put him on the Mets. Because uh-huh. Kyler's actually a good baseball player. Oh, nice. The Mets are trying to win a World Series. Love it. Every team now going into the postseason has that guy, or at least in the stretch run, because of the ghost runner extra innings rule. That's like a designated pinch runner. So even if Kyler took a while to get the bat going, he's still going to be a great defensive replacement. He's your pinch runner. Yep. Uh, he can steal bases. Yep. So that's kind of my my cheat answer. That's but good. also that's like not a cheat answer. answer. That's a great yeah. answer. That's a good answer. Thank you. Michael uh, asked this one in honor of the 4th of July and the hot dog eating contest. What are you guys' favorite types of hot dogs? Oh, can, okay. So brand. So, so, so it could be like a brand or you could just say like a Chicago style or uh, what, what are they? What do they call them in New York? Dirty water dogs. Is that what they call oh, them? Dirty water dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, so like anything like that. 
So I, for me, it's brand here because I'm a very simple hot dog guy in terms of I'm a child and just put ketchup on my hot dog. Okay. Uh, Black Bear, in my opinion, makes Ooh. the best hot dogs. You can get them, I believe, at ShopRite. That's what my parents had when we were down this weekend. I was like, this is a good, good Can you get that anywhere? Dog. What are these called? Uh, Black Bear is the brand. Black if you have a shop right near Bear? you, I think it's a sh- I think it's carried hot, by all shop rights. Hot dogs. Good all hot right. dog. Good mm-hmm. hot dog. You, are you like a are you like a relish guy or what? You- so I'm um, I'm kind of a fiend. Like I, my parents at one point just called me just like a human garbage disposal because I'll I'll basically eat anything. Like I've had I've had Chicago style dogs and I'm like all right this is okay. Like it's not practical in any way shape or form, but like this is good. Or like I'll have I'll have a chili dog at a at a, at a baseball game that I basically have to eat with a fork and knife because you physically oh, yeah, can't pick it up Slop. unless you have gloves on. But uh, if I just think my go-to is always on the grill hot dog with mustard. It's my go-to. Yeah, it's, it's my a go-to. classic. That's my go-to. I am and not a I am not a mustard guy, but it's a classic. I'm also a big like I would rather have a brat than a hot. dog. Oh, I, not even close. Okay, okay. Right. Like you go to the beer garden and you get brat and a big pitcher, big you, mug. You a sauerkraut guy? I'm not. Okay, I didn't. Think I'm you. not. I didn't. Um, so wait, I had I had to ask you something. Yes, because the Mets just played the Reds. So this is my yearly reminder that this abomination exists. And you, for some of the year, do live in Cincinnati. This is true. Are you going to ask me a Skyline Chili question? Yeah. What's your take? I've never had it. It looks horrific. No Skyline Chili. Yeah, I've never had. Don't. It. Def- oh, you've never had it. No, no, no. And you are like if. If you guys don't know Trevor off air, he is like when he goes somewhere, he he tries everything. Now he's lived in Cincinnati. Like he he has safely tried. He has safely tried. I thought everything in Cincinnati. I don't blame you. I wouldn't try it either. Looks like an abomination. I I know people will bite back against that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, there are people. There are there are people. Oh, they'll defend it. That really will defend it. Uh, I've never had it. I have no desire to have it. In fact, like the closest skyline chili to where I live downtown was also next to my favorite, um, like hole in the wall bar with the best wings in the city. So, like, if I'm even in the area, I'm not even considering going to Skyline Chili over going to that place. So. I've never had it. I've, I've never had it. Uh, funny enough, the final college football preview show that we did at PFF on the desk on a Friday, Eric Eager had to eat Skyline Chili that he he had never had. Eric has lived in Cincinnati, I think, for like five years, like f- four or five years. And he had never had Skyline Chili before. And he made a bet earlier in the year with Anthony Trash. And Trash won the bet. It was some game of some team covering a spread, whatever. Eric loses. He had to eat Skyline Chili live on television. And uh, when I tell you it, it was one of the least appealing thing oh, pieces okay. of food I've ever so seen. Out. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was not great. It was not great, dude. It, it just looks like microwave noodles. Yeah, with that's a problem. Bad chili on it, and then not even melted the cheese. cheese. The cheese is what gets me. Like considering how bad everything else looks, the cheese was the deal breaker. For I'm like, I won't have this. Like you don't just throw the cheese on. You don't just throw it on. And to put it in perspective, and once again, I'm sure this is making a lot of people angry that defend it. I apologize. Do not take it personal. When I, went, when, I, when I was in Seattle, yeah, this is a personal roast. When I was in Seattle, I, like, sought out eating grasshoppers Ooh. at the Mariners game. Ooh. But, like, I think that was more appealing than Skyline Chili. Yeah, okay. All right. La- last question. This is the last question. This one actually was asked by Paul. 
um, who is a big fan of the podcast. Big shout out to Paul, massive Jets shout fan as Paul. well. This is a really great work on his podcast covering that team. Uh, he asked this question, and I don't think we got to it last time, and I figured it'd be a good way to end this one. What's the origin story? How did this podcast come together? Uh, how'd you get Connor as your podcast partner or the other way around? Uh, what was the interview process like? Give me all the juicy. He wants the behind the, the scenes so details. We didn't, I, we didn't answer this question last time. Did we? I don't think so. I don't think, I do not think we did. If we did. Sorry, everyone. Here's a repeat. Okay. Do you want to tell uh, your parts of it or do you want me to tell mine? Yeah, because mine's quick. They kidnapped me and I'm still doing this freaking <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm always in the same room. It's not even real. You can't touch all of this. <laughs> no, it really is brick. Um, no, I mean, obviously, I. So yeah, I have a, I have a very honest answer for this. Obviously, uh, when Stick to Football ended at Bleacher Report, I did not want to be out of the draft podcast game for as long as I was. But I also went into that knowing that I, you know, wanted to find the right fit. I wasn't just going to start one by myself, which I would net. I've done a podcast by myself very briefly uh, in between all my Jets ventures. And it's just, you have to book a guest every week. It's not, I, I just don't think it's a good format personally. I think it's very hard. I, now, this is not a good format. That's not fair to the people that you got to, you got to like listening to yourself talk. You yeah. Really and do. it's, you really yeah, do. it's, it is. And it's hard. Like you and I can sit down and just go like for anybody that listens to this, like there is not, we text and we have like a rundown, but we could sit down and do probably like five shows in a row and just right. talk like right. that's, which just goes back to the answer of me finding the right podcast. Uh, so I took my time. I talked to a lot of different people. And this was the one I knew right away when Trevor was obviously a, free, a podcasting free agent. I was a podcasting free agent. Uh, the great people at PFF. And I genuinely mean that. Like, I, I say it all the time. The brief time that I get to work at PFF each week, I, I adore it. Um, the data, not just the data we have, but the people are so awesome. So I knew. Yep. This was the right fit because I've I've known Trevor a long time and I always wanted to work with him and I knew that we had we would have good chemistry. There wouldn't be this like ramp up period. So after I went through a couple different, you know, we could do this, we could do that. This was the one that that felt far and away like the no brainer to me. And I, I was dying to get back in the draft podcast game as much as I do the stuff with the Mets and the Jets, uh, which is more local. I wanted to do a national draft podcast and match all the draft work I do all year at BR and. I mean, this was just a just a no brainer, and you know, I'll let you tell more of the background because I know you you actually are full time at PFF, and you right. were you were really like the getting the roots started of developing this show. I kind of just jumped on board in that sense. Yeah, I remember when Ben announced that he was going to be leaving Lockdown NFL Draft, leaving TDN to go over to the Ringer. Um, I remember, I think, I think it was the day that you. That Ben sent out that text, I or the 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 message on Twitter, kind of letting everybody know. I think you you texted me that day, and you were like, "Hey, if I'm if you are looking to do a podcast, or if you were looking for somebody to take Ben's seat, then yeah. uh, I am I am been around on the market for a while, right, right? Because like, I I knew that Stick to Football had ended uh, yeah. a, a while October back, October twenty twenty. No way, was it that long? It was definitely during the pandemic. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. October. So yeah, you'd, you'd kind of been, uh, you, you, you'd kind of been on the shelf, if you will, or just like in the yep. wings waiting for a while. And when you texted me that, I was like, okay, like now I've got a legitimate option. Cause you're right. I mean, you don't want to, you really don't want to uh, start a podcast over if you don't have to. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough that, that, that it was just really great timing. We kind of went through the interview process, 
Uh, Connor was one of the first guys that we interviewed that was on the list. We had a couple of other people that we uh, were thinking about to potentially be podcast partners. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, man, our, uh, our, Head producer Stone, who is awesome uh, in in what he does behind the scenes for this podcast, yeah, man. Uh, him and Ryan and Max, they do such a great job producing this pod. So massive shout out to them, massive shout out to them for every episode, making it as great as it is. I was going through the interview process with Stone, and Stone after Connor's interview, he just kept going back. He's like, "Yeah, but I like Connor because we had a lot of uh, uh, great people and 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 friends that sure. I have in the industry that we considered." And I was like, "Dude, if, I mean, if if you like Connor the best, I know that we would work out." And uh, we ended up coming to a conclusion that that Connor was going to be the uh the best podcast co-host and um i think that that's definitely that's definitely been the case and it's been a lot of fun um getting to do this podcast for the first whatever it's been six seven months i know we're just getting started with it but lucky lucky timing in a lot of ways to be able it really to, was like you said turn on the mic turn on the camera and just be able to talk football with one of my friends and that's, that's what it hopefully that is what this podcast always seems like. I've always been a massive believer in the fact that, yes, the the, the topics, the elements, the the hot takes, like those are the things that make a show. But at the end of the day, the biggest compliments that I get, whether it's this show or whether it was Locked On NFL Draft, is people saying, I felt like I was in the room talking yep. about football with two of my friends. And that's what I'm doing here. That's what I'm doing with, with you guys. When you guys get involved in the conversation, I certainly hope that that's the case for, for you, Connor. And I hope that that's always the totally. way that it comes off. So that's really kind of just how it started. A lot of lucky timing. Um, and uh, very thankful for it. Very thankful that it worked yeah. out. We're both here in these seats. Me too. That's the secret sauce, right? Is that like, there is a, there's no ego on this show. It's just pure chemistry. It is, um, you and I are not afraid to disagree with each other, but it's a, always a healthy disagreement. It's not like Skip Bayless tweeting at Russell, West, calling him Westbrook and like, dude, did you see Skip say that LeBron's the seventh best player in the NBA? No, <laughs> but I just, <laughs> no, he, he, so he, I, I was a TikTok clip, of course, and they were oh, posting it man. and look at that. He's good, man. He's, he's good. At oh, this. he's incredible. He's unbelievable. And he goes, he starts off and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I've still got Kevin Durant as the number one player. And Shannon, when she, Shannon's just like, skip, no, skip. That's <laughs> so good. Sh- Shannon's the first one. And like it, it was an instant star. At Dude, this. I mean, he's the, just the energy that guy has. And the same, the same thing, man. Like he, how bold he is, how confident he is. And it feels like how well-researched he is, man. It makes for such a great back and forth show. So uh, obviously guys, that's exactly where this show is going. We're going to yeah. have, we're going to, we're going to totally, uh, just spiral downhill until we're the next uh, first day. On Undisputed, PFF. <laughs> no, I mean, we, we have an exciting season coming up, too. Like, I don't yeah. want to obviously give away too much yet, but for everybody listening, we've been talking about, for those that miss us three times a week instead of two, I mean, you don't have to worry about that. that that'll be back before come you back. link. And uh, we have a lot planned for, you know, how to really merge the NFL college and draft worlds uh on this podcast and i think that's something that you and i are distinctly you know honestly good at in this space that you know a lot of people i get it they're they're too busy covering just the nfl or just college or just the draft Mm -hmm. and i think you and i have a a distinct goal to do all three this year in a in a really productive manner and i think it's gonna be freaking awesome i can yeah and i mean good at it i mean certainly the, the way that i would i would put it as well is that you and i love it i mean Wait, you and that's I why love yes. college football love it. the draft love nfl and so we are we are fully planning on continuing to give you guys hopefully good great and 
even the best content out there. Uh, we love that you guys are rocking with us. We love that you guys have cared so much, especially in these last two mailbag episodes that we've done, just seeing the responses, seeing the passion. It, it, it makes us love doing this a lot more. So hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Hopefully it's just the beginning of uh, something special. We certainly believe that it is, but uh, there we go. That's the mailbag episode for this week on Monday. We have another mock draft Monday format. We're debating between a couple of different topics and I don't know which one to do yet because I'm excited to do all of them, especially since you guys love the NFL street one so much. We're going to continue to get creative, continue to find fun ways to give shout outs to players, teams, positions, everything heading into this 2022 season. That's what it's all about. It's all about having fun being creative during the, uh, during the off season. So not sure which mock draft Monday format it's going to be, but it's going to be one of them. You'll hear from us on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We love you. We'll see you then. I'm Trevor. That's Connor. This is the NFL Stock Exchange. 